Hi, it's Dustin Lanier. Thanks for listening. Please find me on LinkedIn for original public sector operations content every week. And please reach out to me if I and my team of procurement professionals at Civic Initiatives can help you be a public procurement change agent. I did have a couple of slides to help context our conversation around making public procurement a strategic asset. So some elements that feed into that that I'll ask our panelists to talk about in the conversation. How do we ensure confidence in the process? How do we build that capacity to manage the volume of the transactions? Create strong contract portfolios so that we can have a spend management practice and then that also drives automation. Planning for automation that is a business project with a technology component and not the other way around. So what are the big rocks that have to go into the glass so that we can prioritize around the, the things that are the big stuff? So pillars in the conversation today, our policy, what's the framework that we're operating under? What's our statute? What are rules? What are things that people think are the rules but aren't really the rules, which we call folk law? Our team, who is the team? What are their skills? How do we develop and maximize? Our customers, who do we serve? What are our departments and our suppliers? And where is their voice in our management? Our processes, which basically rolls up the bottom ones. How have we told our teams and our customers to interact with each other? And then tools, how have we standardized and automated our processes so that we're able to then go quickly? All across all of those things is basically a roll up of our culture, the ability to work across those elements. In our questions, then we're going to talk to each one of our individuals. We're going to let them introduce themselves. So, Patty Bowers, Department of Information Technology from North Carolina. Patty, give a little bit further introduction to yourself and then talk to us about what's important to you in a procurement modernization strategy. I laid out some pillars. You can pick one of those or pick your own. So, so please take the floor. Yeah, so I'm Patty Bowers. I am a deputy CIO and the chief procurement officer for um, information technology procurement for the state of North Carolina. I have um, spent time at um, the Department of Health and Human Services, the Department of Transportation, and the Department of Administration, in particular, um, leading a procurement transformation initiative several years ago. So. Um, over 24 years of experience in public sector procurement. Um, you know, as we shift and change our culture and try to get from a tactical doing business the way we've always done it to a more strategic partnership with our business community, I think it's really important that we focus on, as others have said, the people, processes, and technology, right? Making sure that the, the people that we have on our teams making sure that we have the right people with the right skill sets doing the right job. And as Jim pointed out, the customer service aspect, if we are focused on the outcomes for the people that we serve, right? This isn't just about processing paper and issuing purchase orders. It's really understanding the business needs and trying to figure out how to focus our attention to what those, those individuals who we serve do. In addition, so we've got the people, the processes. Don't always do it the way you've always done it, because if you do, you'll always get what you got. And I think that we need to be able to look at processes that haven't worked, look like at where we can improve processes. And, you know, being in technology procurement, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention technology, but really making sure that the tools that we have are enabling us to meet the objectives of the business and that we're not just implementing technology for the sake of implementing technology and it, are the tools we're using giving us the information and the data that we need to make more informed 
decisions. Well, so Michelle, why don't we come to you and pick that up? So you're with the GSA and an interesting job title and function. Tell us about the center of excellence that you lead and what are some of the approaches that you're trying to drive to help bring innovation into the processes? Yeah, sure. Thanks so much, Dustin. Um, my name is Michelle McNellis. I am the director of acquisitions for the centers of excellence, which is housed within it's a very long title, the technology transformation services, which is in GSA, which is a um, large buyer of services and we manage buildings and we also buy things for the government entity. If you're all familiar with GSA, I, um, my goal here at centers of excellence, we are tasked with a big task of modernizing it, it infrastructure. And that could be through a number of channels through cloud adoption, customer experience, which has been hit on several times today. Um, doing data analytics and things along those lines to bring in artificial intelligence. So one of the things that we're trying to do and what I try to help my team members out with is understanding acquisitions as a whole. And if we're going to be good stewards of the American taxpayer dollars, then we also need to make sure that we're clear in what our asks are to industry because our goal at COE is to make sure that we're partnering with industry to figure out the solutions that individual agencies might need for their modernization efforts. And to do that, we need to reimagine how we're doing our acquisitions themselves. Um, that means being a better partner with industry, looking to them for the solutions, asking them to help us problem solve, getting their input, not only on how to do the problem solving, but the evaluation of the vendors themselves through the rigorous process of the government um, government um, procurement policies and okay. regulations. And so what we try to do is we try to think through innovative ways to bring small vendors in-house to help us with this, with help us with our major problems, because a lot of times the small vendors, the small companies are the ones that have the most cutting edge type of technology. And to be a big player, you have to set up your procurements in a way that allow for small businesses to shine. So one of the things that we tried to do is um, phase phase approaching, which is um, you we try to start with a technical or a capability statement where they have a specific set of number of characters that they can submit. And then mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a first phase approach. And then we work down into and I kind of like how I think it was Trevor you were saying was talking about memos not de or demos not memos and that's kind of what we're doing too is you tell us how to solve this problem and it's an iterative very small lightweight thing to do instead of having to submit everything because we know it costs I think it's like $15,000 for each piece of paper that a vendor submits when they're going through yeah. the proposal writing something crazy like that I think I've heard the term the number before so we're trying to find ways to not only think about what who we want to target but also how we target them in our evaluation that's great and jim colangelo who's on he and i talked about the michigan process where they're trying to do competitive proof of concepts which is kind of a state style to be able to have more discussion and iteration in the process of bidding so i have some examples of that if anyone's interested and just one thing yeah, just to add to that the other thing is not just to look at their technical stuff a lot of times when you're dealing with these modernization problems and similar to what Patty was talking about is looking at their soft skills and making sure that the vendor is going to also help you with the, the communication that you're going to need because you're going to be pro solving big problems. So it, putting in a, like a, we do a scenario where they have to t explain to us about their soft skills of how they would approach a problem um, because it's 
it's a major issue that communication of under to be able to relay a message to someone who might not understand what the problem is. Well, great. So Barry, let's come to you, introduce yourself and your role with the county, and then pick up anything that you want from the other speakers, but also talk about where you've identified some of the most pressing opportunities as it relates to procurement modernization. Thanks, Dustin. So I'm Barry Zimmerman. I'm from Multnomah County, which is the Portland, Oregon area. Uh, for those of you not familiar, I think one of the, the most pressing issues, and, and I think there's been a lot of great um, topics that are brought up today that kind of describe some of this, but this is that agility uh, across mm -hmm. platforms. I mean, as much as we'd like to be able to be planful and strategic and, and and have a good idea. The truth of the matter is on a day-to-day -day basis, we're drinking out of a fire hose. I mean, it's it's folks throwing as new situations constantly. And I think with COVID and stuff, it just kind of, you know, brought that a little bit more to light. So I look at, at these pressing opportunities of, of like, how do you get your staff, the people that are working in the procurement and contracting to buy into, you know, the, procurement is everybody's responsibility. It's not just your buyers and your contract folks. You have to have an, an agency-wide buy-in for that. And that's having individuals that understand the upstream and downstream impacts of the decisions they're making at the point in the process that they're in and ensuring that that carries through, you know, planning into your sourcing event, into your contracts, and then ultimately ensuring that you're doing good contract administration to get to get what you're talking about. So having the people trained up and ready to do that is a pressing piece. Having the processes built into your system to allow you some of that agility. Um, and then the technology that we've been talking about, I think, is is a you know the tool that helps you get there. And and looking at your tech and your processes and making sure that they're agile. I mean any one day I can be using every be every bell and whistle that's in my technology to give me a, a super great procurement process and other days I'm literally having to upload documents uh, because the partners that I'm working with don't have the ability to use that technology. So those processes that allow you to be agile and flexible, um, you know, that's part of the strategy, right? You, you've got to be able to work with, in our, in our case, we have customer bases that range from, you know, heavy duty construction projects to behavioral health treatment, to jails, and, and that customer base is different, and, and you've got to be flexible to meet each one of their needs. So, Patty, Barry was talking about people and how important people are in this. So, how have you found the ability to create champions inside of your organization? And then sometimes people who are having concerns about change actually can teach us things that we need to know about how to do a better job. How do you create champions and then how do you bring along people who maybe are still not hearing the message? Yeah, you know, so last week I listened to your talk with Carol Wilson and what she said, right? I mean, you have to give opportunities first to those people who seek them. And I think in any organization, you have people who are continually looking for opportunities to improve and grow their career and, and move on. And they're just, you know, ready, willing and able to, to prove themselves. I think it goes to the point of empowering people that was talked about earlier is really give people the ability to to demonstrate their capabilities and you know we're we have champions already right um, they may need some coaching or mentoring um, some encouragement but you know they're the ones that don't sit quietly in a meeting and let you do all the talking right it's it's oftentimes you find yourself in a meeting and it's like nobody none of nobody, your team is there but nobody's talking they're they're letting you do all the talking and you want to remove yourself and and look inside after you've left to see who's picking up where you left off and making sure that they are um 
you know, volunteering and stepping up to the plate. I love to to teach coach mentor. And so, you know, when people ask questions, really taking the time to listen to them, understand what it is they're trying to find out. Do they have a professional curiosity? Like, are they really not just looking at what's the next step in the process, but really more, you know, are they capable of, um, what Michelle said, you know, what's the scenario and, and what is their solution to that? And how are they developing their soft skills to be able to come up with alternative ways than the way we've always done it before? Um, you know, I find that being available is one thing, being accessible is another, particularly during this remote um, working world that we're living in now, you can look at calendars and see that people are available, but are they accessible? Are they, you know, am I answering my phone? Are they answering their phone um, and and taking taking the calls? I have had the opportunity, and one of the things that we did as our procurement transformation initiative was look at bringing in um, less experienced procurement talent, but folks right out of school who had the technology skills, right? And and being able to coach them and mentor them over the last five years has really been, you know, uh, you know, I look at that as one of the greatest benefits of my career in public procurement is be able to teach other people um, the profession. But you know, one thing I've told them is be the person who gets tapped on the shoulder to go lead um, in another agency, and not, don't be afraid to look at what your career path is and and what your goals are. Um, to answer your question about the, um, the the pushback, I think sometimes, and we've talked a lot about this today, the pushback comes from fear of change, right? People are afraid to to really embrace change and, and look at how they might contribute to the bigger picture. I think it was Jim who said, um, you know, we've got, we make a difference in procurement. So, when you're talking about change, because you're looking at creating a better culture geared towards, you know, dealing and, and serving the public, procurement people have not traditionally been uh, or viewed themselves as as part of the agency's mission. So really trying to convince them that when there is a, a procurement for health and human services during COVID, that their response to that, their reaction to that, their help with that procurement is really making a difference to the health care of individuals who are right. most impacted by COVID. And I think that that pulling them in and helping them understand that is is one way to overcome the pushback that you might see in that regard. Well, and with this panel, we could talk for hours. I regret having to push you guys to try to fit in boxes. I actually would love to keep talking to you guys and maybe do some other stuff. But Michelle, a thing as big as the federal government, how do you try to drive that culture into that modernization? Yeah, it's quite difficult and I'll be very specific with my words. In the federal government, it's quite difficult to see the impact because the needle moves so slowly. Oh. And um, I've been doing this now for 10 plus years and it's one of those things where we have to take an iterative approach. We have to see the long game and understand that the decisions we make in the short term are going to have long-term consequences. So how do we do and how do we plan for that? It's having what we, in our organization, we have, um, I think the presenter before us was talking about, or maybe it was two presenters before us was talking about the need to go and do some type of service within either state, local, or federal um, 
jobs. And so in my organization, we have term employees and those term employees, I'm, I'm a career employee that you have some people that are there long-term and some people that are there for short, short stints. And what that does and what that helps with is those people that are there for the short period of time, they bring in their expertise from the outside world. They help you understand what is happening in industry, what is happening at other places across the the country or the world for that matter. And it allows you to figure out how do you make those short term type of decisions. And then someone like myself with a career background in government can think through what is the problems that might hinder us from being successful. And federal government, especially in federal IT, I think it's something like 30, 73% of large contracts fail. So taking an iterative approach is wow. much needed. Um, and I think we're spending at least, I think the last number I saw was 90 billion on infrastructure. And there's so many things that are outdated. And recently, the, if you all are familiar with the omnibus bill that was passed and um, for the coronavirus relief in, in America here, it there was, it, it has to deal with coronavirus, obviously with like the initiatives that are around the Biden administration, but what they're doing is they're also putting money towards modernization of infrastructure in the IT world. And then hopefully that will help with like the vaccine rollout or other things like that. You just never know, but they are mm -hmm. focusing on that modernization. And so hopefully we can take an iterative approach for that, so. So Barry, give us something that for your county, you felt like I saw it, right? Like it happened. Where has procurement modernization happened for you and what's on your horizon? When we come from the federal government to a state, to a county, hopefully you can see the impact be real and you can, can use it to rally people to the next cause. Yeah, and, and I actually came from, you know, 20 years in the Navy, so I was kind of federal government before the county. And, and one of the things that I saw was as, as a journey for modernization, and, and I think it's gotten better. So when I say this, understand that it's, it's improving, but, but it was just public procurement as a profession. I mean, we, if we were finance people, we were always classified as finance or administrative, and, and you would look at folks who were, you know, single department folks who were being managed by a finance person and not a procurement person. So, you know, how do you, how do you take the next steps to modernization if the folks that are leading you don't really understand public procurement? So I, I think that's been a challenge. I, I like the fact I've worked with Darren um, quite a bit. I love the fact that there's actually college programs that are training public procurement. So we're able to hire folks that can come in to do that. I, I like the fact that a lot of organizations are starting to look at, you know, taking the, the procurement a manager out from under the CFO and having them directly get in line with the COO. I just think it it puts public procurement where it's supposed to be, um, you know. And and when you the larger the organ organization you have, I think that's the, the more important that it that it is. And um, so we're getting there with that. And, and I and I'm seeing a lot of improvement in the field. But but that was a huge hurdle to overcome when we first got here of just that not being for lack of a better term, taken too seriously because we fell under finance and not that public procurement space. Right, and the little audio clip that I did with Patty before, like we had a discussion about the difference between purchasing and procurement, where purchasing is managing that throughput of the transaction and procurement is all the elements around how we manage that well so that we are able to rise as a strategic asset within it and ultimately the ability to rise is about the ability to find what it is so that we know why we're automating and what the pieces are. Dustin, Barry, Patty, Michelle, thank you very, very much indeed. Really, really good.
Hi, it's Dustin Lanier. Thanks for listening. Please find me on LinkedIn for original public sector operations content every week. And please reach out to me if I and my team of procurement professionals at Civic Initiatives can help you be a public procurement change agent. 